0: No long term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com code program.
1: What's up, you guys? I'm Haley. And I'm Andrea. And this is Inhuman, a true crime podcast. Okay, real quick before we get into today's episode, if you did not see, we had a bonus episode come out on Friday covering updates in the Alex Murdoch case. So if you guys are curious about that, if you're curious about that story, we covered it in episode 121, and then we did updates about the outcome of the murder trial and all of that in Friday's bonus episode. So you can go and listen to that if you're as invested in that case as we have been. Mm Mm-hmm yeah the only other thing i want to say is i just want to give a trigger warning because this episode does um include the discussion of murder of a child and discussion of self-harm so i just wanted to give that overall trigger warning for this episode um before we get into it okay i'm gonna start this episode with a quote i just fucking killed someone i strangled them and slit their throat and stabbed them now they're dead I don't know how to feel ATM, which stands for at the moment. It was amazing. A-H-M-A-Z-I-N-G. As soon as you get over the, oh my God, I can't do this feeling, it's pretty enjoyable. I'm kind of nervous and shaky though right now. Okay, I got to go to church now. LOL. I wish that y'all could see my face right now yeah. because
2: it was like I was up here and then I just <laughs> plummeted. Yeah, because that was very disturbing. Number one, and the fact that they were so excited about it, mm-hmm. and what you just said about it being a child—that's mm-hmm. just absolutely. T- I don't even have words.
1: Yeah, horrific. Yeah. So this was a journal entry from 15-year-old Alyssa Bustamante. Wow police discovered this entry when searching her home after the murder of another young girl the entry was actually drawn over with blue ink like scratch tried it looked like she tried to scratch it out but investigators were able to find what was written beneath it and it showed a completely different side to the girl who was known as being just a pretty normal teenager yeah so Alyssa Deline Bustamante was born on January 28, 1994, to Michelle and Cesar Bustamante. And she had a pretty difficult childhood. When she was just six years old, her grandparents, Gary and Karen Brooke, ended up taking legal custody of her and her three younger siblings because both of her parents were struggling addicts. Mm. So, their mother, Michelle, was struggling with addiction to both drugs and alcohol. She eventually was charged, I believe, with a DUI and spent time in jail. And then their father, Caesar, was serving time in prison for assault. Oh, my goodness.
2: March is National Nutrition Month, and what better way to keep track of your nutrition than having HelloFresh deliver delicious, dietitian approved meals? HelloFresh has 40 weekly recipes to choose from for all meal occasions, lifestyles, and preferences. Take your pick from meals like soy-glazed salmon with rice or mushroom and
1: chive risotto. I love a good risotto. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. Finding delicious dinners is easy peasy with HelloFresh's chef-crafted seasonal recipes that come with ingredients already pre-portioned, so all you have to do is cook and enjoy. I love HelloFresh because I can skip trips to the grocery store, which are getting harder and harder as this baby boy grows in my belly. (laughs) My husband and I can count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable, and that's why it's America's number one meal kit. My doctor recently told me that I need to up my protein intake and stop eating cereal every day um, to help baby (laughs) boy grow. And with HelloFresh, I can order high protein meals that are easy to make and end up being delicious. That is awesome.
2: So who has time to meal plan and think of new dinners every night of the week? Not I. (laughs) And that's why I'm obsessed with HelloFresh because it takes the guesswork out of what's for dinner. In our last HelloFresh box, we got the creamy Dijon dill chicken, and it was by far our favorite meal from the box. To try America's number one meal kit, go to HelloFresh.com slash InHuman60
1: for 60% off plus free shipping. That's HelloFresh.com slash InHuman60 for 60% off plus free shipping. So the four kids' grandparents ended up taking custody of them and moved them from their home in California to the rural town of St. Martins, Missouri. And over the next few years, Alyssa's life seemed to be more or less normal. She became an A and B student. She regularly attended church. She participated in youth activities. And friends recalled that she, you know, liked writing poems, liked joking around. She seemed like A totally normal teenage girl. Yeah. But unfortunately, that was not all that was going on with Alyssa. In 2007, at just 13 years old, Alyssa attempted to take her own life. Oh my goodness. She was hospitalized for 10 days and did receive treatment going on antidepressants when she was released. But after this, friends started noticing changes in her personality. And she seemed to be a completely different person online than she was in real life. So on her YouTube profile, she listed some of her hobbies as cutting and killing people. Oh, wow. Okay. So she was definitely seeking attention. Yeah, it definitely seems like that. And I feel like there's two different ways it can go when your online personality is different from your like in-person personality. Mm-hmm. Either... You're trying to be a person that you're not online or it's your true self coming out. And for her, I think that's what was happening. So friends of Alyssa said that she would frequently show them scars on her wrists and they noticed how different she became, especially after the time she spent in the hospital. At one point, she posted a YouTube video where she was trying to get her two um, younger brothers to touch an electrified fence And she was, like, laughing during it. Um, She posted a picture of herself on social media at one point, holding two fingers to her head, imitating shooting herself. Oh, my goodness. And her Twitter feed frequently featured posts about her hatred of authority. Okay. But despite these online behaviors, to most, she was known as a sweet, friendly girl. And friends said, quote, everybody loved her. She was just amazing. Wow. So that's very differing perceptions for sure Mm -hmm. for for a 13 to 15 year old girl that's kind of wild yeah it definitely is and it definitely shows how much her online presence varied from her you know real life presence and it seems like online she was able to just express who she truly was yeah on October 21st 2009 Alyssa would carry out her darkest fantasy so that evening, nine-year-old Elizabeth Olton begged her mom, Patricia Priest, to let her go over to her Emma, Emma, friend Emma's house to play. So Emma had come over to Elizabeth's house and said, hey, do you want to come over and have a play date? And she just lived down the street from Elizabeth, and they would often have play dates together. And Emma was actually Alyssa's half-sister, and they would hang out all the time with Alyssa's other siblings. Like, it was just like neighborhood, you know, playing with your neighbors. Yeah. Normal play. Yeah. So her mom finally agreed, and Elizabeth left her house at 5 p.m. to head to Emma's house. About an hour later, Patty was concerned that Elizabeth wasn't home yet. So the condition of going over to Emma's house was that she had to be home by 6. And she was always on time when she would go out she never would stay out or anything like that so she was immediately concerned and she called Elizabeth's phone but Elizabeth didn't pick up then she called Emma's grandparents and they said they hadn't seen Elizabeth that day oh no so with all of that her mother immediately knew something was wrong So she reported Elizabeth missing to the police, and this was a very tight-knit community. So St. Martin's was a pretty small town with just over a 1,000 residents in 2009. Wow. So everybody knew each other, and as soon as Elizabeth was reported missing, the community began searching for her. So police at first, of course, were doing, like, talking to people, trying to figure out what happened before they started an official search, but hundreds of volunteers were already out searching. Okay. The searches intensified with dogs, firefighters, helicopters, highway patrol, and by the next morning, the FBI getting involved.
2: Wow. So very fast acting. That's good.
1: Yes. And that seems to happen with missing children, I feel like. Yeah. The FBI gets involved pretty quickly. Yeah. So there was a two-lane highway that ran between Elizabeth and Emma's houses, but they often would walk behind the houses through the kind of the woods and neighboring backyards, and that's what Elizabeth had done that night. But by the time the search started that evening, it was dark and had started pouring rain. So that made the search through the woods even more difficult than it would already be. Right. And with no sign of Elizabeth, the community began to worry. Police were able to use Elizabeth's cell phone to narrow down her whereabouts, and they found that the phone was pinging from somewhere inside the woods. But before they could find its exact location, the battery of the phone died. Mm. But at least they knew that her phone was in the woods somewhere. Right. Now, of course, police spoke to Emma because she was the last person, presumably, to see Elizabeth. And she told police that they had played together for a little while and that when it was time for Elizabeth to go home around six o'clock, she headed back to her house through the woods. So the initial theory in all of this was that an older male predator had grabbed Elizabeth as she was walking through the woods home that night. Right. Right. Police were um, eventually able to obtain Elizabeth's phone records from the phone carrier, and that showed that she had spoken over the phone to Emma's 15-year-old half-sister, Alyssa, that evening. Okay. So after they discovered this, they went and talked with six-year-old Emma again, and she gave police some more details. So she was obviously terrified, yeah. but this time she told police that Alyssa was the one that had encouraged her to go over to Elizabeth's for a play date that night. Oh. And Emma recalled that once they came back to her house, Alyssa convinced her to go inside and go home and then disappeared with Elizabeth into the woods. All right. So that's uh, premeditated as fuck. Mm-hmm. Damn. So Emma had originally said, we played, and then I saw her walking home, but now Emma's saying, we didn't really play, Alyssa was there, I went inside, and I saw them walking into the woods together, and that's the last time I saw her. Wow, that's so scary. So at this point, the FBI brought Alyssa in for questioning. And they did a really good job of kind of creating a rapport with her, the officer was being friendly and trying to, like, make her feel comfortable Kind of like they were just there to ask her questions, not that they were looking into, interrogating her. her. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So Aly- Alyssa initially denied being in contact at all with Elizabeth that day, but we know that's not true because of the phone records. But at first, they were going with it. She told them that after school, she had gone home, spent the afternoon in her room, then went out for a church function that evening. But before she was questioned, unbeknownst to Alyssa her grandparents had allowed authorities to search their home. No. Oh. So during the search of Alyssa's room, the FBI found it completely disheveled like a tornado had gone through it, and that's when they found her diary, which they took into evidence. Now, at first, they noticed that there was an entry from October 21st that had been scribbled over with marker, and at first, all they could make out were two words, throat and cut. Mm. But a forensic team was able to pretty quickly uncover the entire entry, which is what I read to you at the beginning. During the search, they also found a shallow hole behind the house that was shaped like a grave. Okay, wow. There was nothing in it. Oh. And when Alyssa was questioned about it, she said, I just like to dig holes. Come on now. fifteen. Yeah. Right. And if you like to dig holes, why is there only one? Yeah. That's you know, like a weird thing to say. I mean
2: you could have tried to come up with something better than that. Like Yeah. Oh, I was gonna make a what are those boxes called when you time put your memories? Capsule. Yeah. I was yeah. gonna bury this
1: time capsule in this giant hole. Yeah. Yeah. So hours into Alyssa's interview, the officers told her that they had taken her journal into evidence and knew that she was responsible for Elizabeth's death. Mm-hmm. And after taking a moment to collect herself, Alyssa started talking. So she told the inter- the officers interviewing her that she had taken Elizabeth into the woods that day. And as they were walking, Elizabeth fell and hit her head. Okay. Alyssa said she tried to help her, but the injury had killed Elizabeth. So she became afraid that she was going to be blamed for Elizabeth's death. So she burned the body and then went home as if nothing happened. Wow.
2: All right. Well, I mean, at least you're get on your quick on your feet, right? Yeah. <laughs> totally. That's awful. So how do you
1: do that to a person? A child. Oh my God. I know. And this did seem kind of feasible, but they also knew that this didn't match what was written in the journal. Yeah. And because you know, she had said she killed someone that it was amazing, and that it was pretty enjoyable. Yeah. So that's not somebody hit their head and died. Yeah. So the officers kept pressing her, saying, that's not what was in your journal. We know that that's not the truth. And that's when she told them the story of what had happened.
0: Every year, one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up.
1: So she said that she had seen Elizabeth playing with, uh, with her six-year-old half-sister, Emma, that evening, and she convinced Emma to go home and then brought Elizabeth into the woods with her. She said that when she encountered the two girls playing at around 5.30 that night, she had made up her mind there and then that the little girl wouldn't live to see another day. Wow. That's so sick. So, she, Alyssa said that the two girls walked deep into the woods, and that's when Alyssa pulled out a kitchen knife and started threatening Elizabeth. She then strangled her, cut her throat, and stabbed her in the chest.
2: Oh, my God.
1: She then went to a shallow grave that she had dug days earlier and buried Elizabeth in it. So, was the
2: the hole that she dug in her yard was that like a practice run or something so
1: it is actually believed that because she had dug two holes she may have intended to kill her brothers okay and then came across the opportunity to kill elizabeth first wow but that's not confirmed it could have been a practice one it could have been for another reason we don't know okay wow so investigators would later find the grave in the woods behind Alyssa's house with Elizabeth's body inside. But it was well concealed. This area had been searched several times, so it was while it was a shallow grave, it was clearly hidden. Okay. Alyssa said that after she killed Elizabeth, she went home, washed off, and then went to the dance at her church. So she made this admission, and on November seventeenth, two thousand nine prosecutors charged Alyssa Bustamante with the first degree murder of Elizabeth Olton now this shocked the community because police had only announced that they had a teenage person of interest but they hadn't named anyone since this person was a juvenile right and nobody really you know there was of course rumors and speculation going around but nobody really knew what was going on so hearing uh, that Alyssa had confessed to this was shocking a bit. And the biggest question was, what? why had she done this? She's a normal teenage girl with good grades that goes to church. Why, why did she do this? A friend came forward after Alyssa was charged and told investigators that she had told her, that Alyssa had told her that she wanted to know what committing a murder would be like. So the friend said, quote, I was at her party and she kind of just took me off to the side randomly. And she's like, you know, I wonder what it would be like to kill somebody. Because I guess she was mad at one of her friends there. But it just seemed kind of strange. But you wouldn't logically think one of your friends would kill somebody.
2: Right. I mean, that's true.
1: So it really seemed like she just did this because she wanted she wanted to. Yeah. So after Alyssa's confession, her defense team pointed to her troubled past as a means to try her as a juvenile. So she was 15 years old, kind of in that weird space between is she going to be charged as a juvenile or an adult? Right. If she was tried in as, as an adult, the death penalty would be on the table. There was actually a two-pronged system in Missouri at the time that was pretty unusual, but basically it said that if a juvenile suspect is found guilty, they can be held until the age of 21, and then they'll hold a new hearing to determine if they've been rehabilitated or if they will serve out the rest of their sentence. Okay. So the question was, should she be tried as a juvenile and that be able to happen, or should she just be tried as an adult? But because of the nature of the crime, her confession in her journal, and all of that, it was determined that she would be tried as an adult. I think that was probably for the best. Yeah. After this was established, it's reported that Alyssa became extremely distraught, trying to once again take her own life. She was moved to Hawthorne's Children's Psychiatric Hospital for evaluation, and then a judge later ordered her to Fulton State Hospital for further evaluation and to watch her. And I couldn't find if she was officially diagnosed with anything during these hospital stays, but they were definitely aware of what she was dealing with mentally. Yeah. On December 8th, 2009, Alyssa walked into a Jefferson City courtroom in shackles and a lime green prison jumpsuit. Despite her initial confession, she entered a not guilty plea. Wow. Why? I think that it was probably her lawyers trying to say... You can, you know, I'm sure that they're like, oh, you can say you were coerced or yeah. say that you didn't know what you were talking about or you're, you don't have the mental capacity. Like, I'm sure they had a bunch of different things that they wanted to try. Right. Okay. That makes sense. So Alyssa would be going to trial as an adult. Damn. It took over two years to have her for her case to actually go to trial. Jeez. It was finally set to take place in March 2012, but before it could, Alyssa decided to take a plea deal. Mm. So, with this plea deal, she would plead guilty to second-degree murder and armed criminal action. And she decided to do this because without the deal, she wouldn't be facing the death penalty, but she would be facing life in prison without the possibility of parole. Okay. But with this deal, she would be facing life in prison with the possibility of parole. All right. Okay. Well, can't fault her for that. I mean, that's the only chance she would have to get out. Exactly. So after she entered the guilty plea, Judge Patricia Joyce asked Alyssa, uh, I can't talk, asked Alyssa to describe her actions on the evening of October 21st, 2009. And she told the judge, quote, I strangled her and stabbed her in the chest. And when the judge asked if Alyssa had cut Elizabeth's throat, she said yes. Wow. On February 8th, 2012, then 18-year-old Alyssa Bustamante spoke before she was sentenced. She said, quote, if I could give my life to bring her back, I would. I just want to say I'm sorry for what happened. I'm so sorry.
2: Yeah, I guess you are sorry after you've been sitting there Thinking about what you've done and how many lives that you've ruined,
1: and that you are going to spend the rest of, yours, of your life in probably, prison. Hopefully, maybe yeah. but probably
2: not actually,
1: <laughs> but who knows if that how sincere that apology was? Yeah. It might have been sincere, but also it might have been just trying to save face.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Alyssa was sentenced to life in prison with the eventual possibility of parole. She was also sentenced to a consecutive thirty years for armed criminal action. ...because she used a knife in the murder. Oh.
2: So, so... Does that mean if she gets parole... ...then after she would have to serve those uh, 30 years? Or is it exactly. consecutive? Okay. Well, that's She good. would have to
1: serve it after. Whew. All right. So... Alyssa could be granted conditional release as early as 2024 next year. But because of that additional conviction of armed criminal action... Even if she is granted release for the murder charge, she has to serve another 30 years. So the earliest possible bele- release for Alyssa Bustamante will be either 2047 or 2054. Different sources said different things, but not for a very, very long time. And she will be in her late 50s or early 60s at that point. Yeah. Yeah. In 2014, she got a new lawyer, and this lawyer informed her of a pending U.S. Supreme Court case back in 2012 that was set to affect how the justice system would handle juvenile first degree murder cases. So she came out and said, well, had I known about this pending court case, I wouldn't have pled guilty in 2012. All right. So she was appealing on that with that as her reason for appeal. That's her fault, though. I mean the judge denied her appeal over the years she has been seen by several mental health professionals who have said she has major depressive disorder and borderline personality disorder Alyssa is currently being held at the Chillicothe Correctional Center in Chillicothe Missouri she will remain there for at least another 20 years 20 plus years yeah Patty Priest, Elizabeth's mother, said at her sentencing that Alyssa was an evil monster and that she hated her for what she did. Yeah. Patty ended up filing a wrongful death lawsuit against Alyssa, against Alyssa's grandparents who were her guardians, and against the facility that Alyssa had gone to um, after she had attempted to take her life back in 2007. The case against them was eventually dismissed. But the case against Alyssa's grandparents um, settled for $400,000. And then the case against Alyssa ended up settling for $5 million. And this would basically require Alyssa to give any compensation from the case. So book earnings, movie deals, paid interviews, anything. All of that automatically goes to Patty. Plus interest at 9% per year until the debt is paid. So basically, you can't make money in prison. You know, you get a prison wage and that doesn't count towards this, but that's nothing. Yeah. So any other paid anything that she does, all that money automatically goes to Patty. And then if and when she is released, any money she makes will have to go to Patty until the 5 million plus 9% per year debt is paid off. Which means she will never get that money, sadly. But yeah. At least if Alyssa is to get released, like she is going to have to live off of nothing. Like she's, you know, going right. to have to deal with this lawsuit. Right. But regardless of any monetary compensation, Patty still lost her beautiful young daughter. Yeah. Elizabeth was a talented singer and aspiring actress, and at the time of her murder, she was actually looking forward to being in an upcoming school play. She was so excited that she had gotten a role in the play, and she Mm -hmm. was just, like, so ecstatic, ready for it. According to Medium.com, those who knew Elizabeth said that her bubbly personality and boundless energy could light up a room. Her funeral included a horse-drawn carriage, and her coffin was pink. Oh, my god. Her favorite color. Rip my heart out. I know. Unfortunately, Alyssa couldn't get the help that she so clearly needed, and that ended up costing another young girl her life. (gasps) But regardless...
2: Oh, wait. Oh, okay. I'm talking about Elizabeth. (laughs) Okay, I
1: was like, she killed someone else? I was about to be like, oh, my God. No, but that's why they fought so hard for her to get life in prison and be tried as an adult because they believed that she would do this again. This wasn't like a crime of passion that just randomly she decided. She enjoyed it too much. Exactly. Regardless of any past trauma or mental health struggles that Alyssa was facing, she committed this murder in cold blood with intention. Mm -hmm. She clearly enjoyed it and wanted to do it. And thankfully, she is paying for what she did by spending time in prison. Yeah. Elizabeth Olton is remembered as the loving little girl that she was, and she is missed dearly by her friends and family every single day. Mm. But that is the story of how a teenager murdered a younger girl than her, which doesn't happen very often, but it does happen more yeah. than we'd like. Yeah. And it's just such a tragic case. And I feel bad for the young Alyssa that didn't get the help that she needed, didn't get, you know, she had a rough family life, she had a rough upbringing, and she didn't get the help that she needed. But like we always say, a
2: lot of people have terrible, horrible, tragic childhoods and Mm -hmm. don't go on to do something this horrible and horrific. Um, exactly. I do, I do have sympathy for her because of that, but I think that either, you know, because of her upbringing or because of the, you know, the tragedies that she had experienced, or maybe it was just innately in her to I be, mean it was a little bit of both. to be evil and do this to a little girl, a harmless, innocent little girl, um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, she definitely got the punishment that she deserved. I mean, that poor girl, the way she died is so horrifying. Mm-hmm. I mean, her family couldn't even say any, you know, they couldn't um, like have that closure because they couldn't even, you know, have the, they couldn't have an open casket. They couldn't yeah. see their loved one like that. And that's terrible that she not only stole their, child and their loved one from them but also took that away from them as well
1: no closure and it's so sad because it's like elizabeth trusted Alyssa. they were friends they she's like oh we're going out into the woods and i wasn't going to say this because it's really sad and made me start crying when i read it but elizabeth was afraid of the dark and at that time of day it starts getting dark so she was probably already kind of freaked out by going into the woods And then this girl who you think is your friend pulls a knife out and starts attacking you. Mm -hmm. Like, the fear she must have felt is unfathomable. And confusion, too.
2: I mean, when you're nine, you don't think something like that's going to happen to you.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, while I feel bad for the young Alyssa that experienced the trauma, you can't explain away her actions. Mm -hmm. No, not at all. So thank goodness she's in jail Hopefully getting the psychiatric help she needs while she's there. Yeah. Um, But she's going to be there for a long time. And it's really good that she got that additional consecutive 30 years. Yeah. For the other charge. Because even if she gets let out for the murder charge, she still has to serve that time.
2: Hopefully she'll just keep getting, getting denied on the parole. But if she does, hopefully it's like way down the line. So like her 30 years is, I mean, life,
1: you know. Yeah. And I think, I think. It's gonna be hard for her to get parole because Elizabeth's mom, Patty, and like there's a whole bunch of victim advocates and groups that are really working hard to make sure she stays in jail. Yeah. So I think it'll be difficult for her, but you never know. If they can quote unquote prove she's rehabilitated, then
2: Yeah. And and rehabilitation is so uh subject no, objective. Objective. Yeah. Using that correctly? No, well, or should I wait (laughs) I'm confused hold on I know I like confuse myself instantly so what's new objective is looking at it not
1: without biased yes yes okay so objective
2: so it is objective because of course you feel rehabilitated when you're in prison and you have no other choice to so just because somebody is rehabilitated doesn't mean that they in prison still deserve to get out of prison because they could get out in the real world and have those urges again and then what kill someone else i so. was
1: listening to a true crime case the other day of a guy that would only commit crimes against women and it was like he got let out because he was rehabilitated good. and doing good when he was in prison with men yeah. so of course he wasn't right com- doing anything so uh, that's yeah it's It definitely is. And it's hard to know what the outcome will be in this. Mm -hmm. Um, I tried to look up if she's like gotten into any trouble in prison or anything like that, but there were no reports either way. So it's hard to know. Um, But, you know, hopefully she spends the rest of her life in prison and hopefully she is able to get the mental health help that she needs. But she needs to stay in prison because I definitely think she's somebody who could do this again right so yeah it is a tragic story but when I first read about Elizabeth Olton, I was like I've never heard of her story and you know it deserves to be told just like every other victim so yeah. let's remember sweet Elizabeth and just a good reminder to pay attention to people around you kids anyone and if you know they make a comment about something like wanting to kill someone it's easy to brush it off but maybe just take a second and think about other things that you know about this person yeah because with other context clues and stuff it might give you more insight so not that it's anyone's fault that they didn't catch this because again it's so easy to brush that off you don't think that that would actually happen but it's just a good reminder so thank you guys so much for listening we will have a new episode on thursday and until then keep it human
2: bye guys